I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, lovely listeners. Uh, welcome back to our episode. We're very excited today because this episode we have partnered with the delicious Pop Chips. Um, if you haven't tried Pop Chips yet, you must be living on the moon. They are simply delicious. Francis, we've been through three lockdowns. Summer is coming and I've decided it's time to start looking after myself. It's about bloody time. Well, the reason is I'm about to start this TV show, okay? So firstly, I need to sort my life out and start looking great and feeling fresh as soon as possible. But also, I'm going to start with my daily cold showers, which are amazing. And the next step is I need to stop stuffing my face with all of this unhealthy food. Also, what do you mean it's about bloody time? I had a six pack at the end of Strictly, so, so there. I, I am so much healthier than you. I mean, you look like a pig. No, listen, if you're referring to my pink suit that I wore in Strictly Come Dancing, that is really quite rude of you, because I did not look like a pig, all right? I'm sorry, that's not nice. I shouldn't call you a pig. Yeah, and I shouldn't say that you've, I've got a healthier diet. Like, I apologise, all right? Why don't you try and snacking on pop chips? A few days ago, I, I was looking for something to eat, and, and, and the, the only thing I could find was this family-sized uh, pack of, of sea salt pop chips, and I ate the whole thing in one go. <laughs> Did you actually? Wait, yeah. You ate the whole, you ate the, a family bag of pop chips. I nearly choked. <laughs> okay, well, listen, buddy, I think this is a good idea. Also, you know what else would make me feel even better and even more positive? If we set ourselves a challenge to be nicer to one another. Sometimes we're a bit mean to one another and be better friends to one another. Yeah, uh, I'm not convinced. I feel like every time we wake up in the morning, we should text each other morning. Morning? Yes, morning. So when I wake yeah, up, I'll the say time morning, difference. Francis. Okay, well, when I wake up, I'll say morning, Francis. Good when, when you, no, no, not when you wake up. When you wake up, I don't know what time do you wake up normally? 6 a.m., 5 a.m. <laughs> All right, so you've got to say good night, Francis, because that's the time I'm going to bed here in, in Texas. All right, fine, fine. That's what we're doing. going to be that. What are you going to do? And then I'm, be... I think what you should also do is... Um, you know, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. when, when, you know, you're going to sleep, yeah. you should say, really, have a great day, Francis. Okay, fine, done, deal. I'm going to do all of those things. Now it's your turn. Why don't you pay me some compliments? Go on. You have fantastic taste in pop chips. Okay, okay, give me another compliment. Go on, give me another one. You know exactly how... To eat a pop chip. Oh, my God. Give me one more. Give me one more compliment. 
All right. Yeah. It would be a very tough decision to um, decide which to take to a desert island, you or a bag of pop chips. There you go, listeners. We'll be back in a few weeks to review our progress at being better friends to one another. Support your friends and start something good with pop chips. Delicious. Oh, this was uh, one of my favourite episodes, actually. You weren't even on this episode. Sorry, I said that so aggressively. I wasn't. Yeah, that's, that yeah. wasn't my fault. It was at three in the morning. I mean... That's lazy I from you. I could have stayed... Yeah, actually, that is true. Say that's sorry true. to everyone that you weren't I'm on I'm sorry episode. that I uh, you know, wasn't able to... Do you know, I've, I've just been so good about my sleep patterns recently. I've been waking up at six in the morning every day. Great. What do you do? What, you wake up in the morning, what happens next? Well, you know, because obviously I uh, am in a different time zone, I have to wake up early to catch the UK time zone, so I get a lot of work done on UK stuff, and then in the afternoon I work on American stuff. Ah, you play both markets, baby. Yeah. That's what you say. I trade, trade uh, every market. <laughs> you trade everyone? Every single one? Not everyone, but <laughs> almost. Yeah, listen, well, you were desperately missed on this one. If really? you listen, we are, really? yeah, you were missed. Hundred oh, percent, you were missed. It was weird. There was lots of different time zones going on. This our guest, Jules Robinson. Uh, she was from Married at First Sight. If you saw that, she was the one. Actually, Francis, you're all about love at first sight, and she. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, because I remember you saying when we interviewed, uh, we interviewed. Who did we interview on the podcast once? I think we. Who I don't think I'm it? about love at first sight. I think I'm about getting to know people. I don't, I don't believe in. We love spoke. At first. No, we spoke about Danny Dyer on the podcast once, and you were like, "I watched Love Island. And that was love at first sight." Oh yes, no. What I what I meant is that they that her and uh, the guy that she's subsequently no longer with uh, seemed like they really had great chemistry. But this is even more amazing. You know, married at first sight. We've had a couple of guests on before. The whole idea is, is they meet the person they're going to marry on the wedding day. They've never met them before. They turn to each other and they get married. That's irresponsible. Jules and Cam met each other on their wedding day on the show. They're still married today and they've got a kid. How insane is that's, that? That's, they've got a child now. Yeah, they've got a baby. What, still uh, married. Uh, when did they film the, sh- the series? Two and a half years ago. Really? How old is the... <laughs> Child, I don't know, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. You have to listen to the episode, get ready for it. So, Francis isn't on this one, but I'm here. It's not just Jules by herself, because that'd be weird, but we had a great chat. Jules is incredible, uh, all about women positivity. She's awesome. Uh, This episode is going to be a real banger. So if you like Married at First Sight, get all the insight on it, get ready for it. As always, get in touch for our bonus episodes, contact at privatepartspodcast.com or sign into our DMs at privatepodcast. Francis, why don't you intro the episode? Ladies and gentlemen, Jules Holland. (laughs) <laughs> it's not Jules Holland Jules Robinson Jules, Jules Robinson Ladies and gentlemen Married at First Sight star Jules Robinson <laughs> On the podcast On the podcast So Jules, uh, before we kick off this podcast By the way, I've given you a lovely little intro This is I don't even know oh, why well, I said before we, before we kick this off We've already kicked this off that was a pretty strenuous little beginning to the to try to get us connected to the podcast was hard, wasn't it? <laughs> it's not really my forte, to be honest, like technical support. That's where my husband comes in. I am all about, you know, I like knowing how to do things, but some things I'm like, oh, you can just do that bit for me, please. <laughs> do you know what? I'm exactly the same as you. So I, 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 I'm not with my girlfriend at the moment. She's up in London. I'm down in this place called Henley. 
But there are some things that, okay, for, for example, like I'm, I, I, I don't really cook that well for myself. And so my girlfriend loves cooking. She really loves it. She loves doing different things and stuff like that. And one time she said to me, she was like, oh, can you cook something for me this evening? I said, yeah, of course I can. So I tried to cook something that wasn't that nice. So now I've got into that place where I'm like, well, I'm just not as good at you at cooking. So I, I just don't see what the, the point is if I try and cook us a meal. But... Is that really bad? I think sometimes there are some men who just do it really bad. Or it's like when you say, oh, can you give me a massage like for the first time? And they just do it really shit. So you never ask them again. So I reckon you might be on that side. <laughs> I am not doing it on purpose. I, swear, I just can't. Like <laughs> no, I'm just with... generally crap. <laughs> I'm just, just generally so bad at, at cooking. I, don't, I, I Honestly, I, I'm living here, like I said, I keep saying this by myself. And last night I was like, okay, I'll cook a stir fry. And so I cooked this stir fry and then I poured like a little bit of this like sweet chili sauce in it just all congealed it all just stuck together like some congealed tennis ball I was like how has this nice happened so I'm similar to you as well also uh, to all of our lovely listeners who are listening right now Jules uh, you are the kindest person I think to have uh, we're strangers we never met but you sent me the sweetest message you're on holiday you've got your your family with you, your little baby, you've driven to the Gold Coast and you had just arrived. You wanted to do this podcast, but you were concerned about being late and you were just so apologetic that you couldn't (laughs) come on, even though you'd driven all the way. And, you know, it's amazing because you're on holiday right now, aren't you? Uh, I was looking forward to it, but we were like, oh, take us nine hours. You know, hello, we've got a six month old. Like everything's Everything at the moment is like first-time experiences, which is yeah. amazing, but you don't know what's ever going to happen. So nine hours turned into 12. So I was like, yeah, I'll get here. I'll have a nap. I'll be fresh. I'll have a glass of wine and do my podcast. And I've been looking forward to it. And then it was like I got in like 20 minutes before and I was like, my baby's literally lost its mind. <laughs> I'm sitting in the car for 12 hours. Wait, did you, and did you drive for 12 hours? Is that how long it takes? Yeah, I couldn't. We've now obviously borders are open and we're sure. flying around now, which is great. But the thought of literally taking a horse and carriage with this kid is such high maintenance. Like I literally take a phone and lip gloss nowadays. Like I cut everything. I'm like, it's just so much easier. So, but we did really well driving. But the last two hours, he lost his mind. I mean, I was losing my mind. I was like, okay, I'm done. Get me there. I gave him a phone with ABC Cocomelon on it, which is a kid's program. He's six months old. You bribed him. You bribed him. But he's holding it. I'm like, there's something with like evolution that kids are now born. And they're like, I can do this. Yeah. He was holding it. Like he's a little baby. He can't even sit up. And he was just like Cocomelon. And he was like, we've created a monster. I'm like, iPad for Christmas it is. (laughs) But he was quiet the whole like the rest of the time. Kids have now evolved. Yeah, I reckon they've evolved. I mean, they say our thumbs are bigger from texting. Now it's like, you know, they just come out holding an iPad in their face. <laughs> but anyway, he's been, he's been perfect. So, so okay, because I'm always interested. So I'm in that uh, stage now. I'm, I'm 33 this year. I'm, I, you know, I'm thinking about all that sort of later stage and stuff about families and all these different things. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just, I have a little brother, right, who's, who's 17 years old. He's 17 this year. And I'm just so scared of the younger generation. When we were growing up, Jules, we didn't have social media or these phones. We just went on yeah. adventures and, and we used yeah. our minds and our imagination. And I'm really scared that the younger generation don't have that. Do you worry about that at all or no? Yeah, absolutely. And also just um, d- digital intelligence mm. you know, and how you communicate to each other and not having, like for me, I think there's something so attractive about a person when they can just 
come in a room and talk to other people and mm. you know engage in that and the younger generation i mean they'd say like you get asked out for your first date generally by text you know like to not have that confidence to go face to face like everything's generally done through online so yeah it is a bit concerning but i think as you know saying evolution with you know holding on phones but i do think things change you know it gets to a point where it gets really concerning and worrying and i think as together people unite and go okay this is you know i think when you look through the history of things that are, are happening you know I, I could only hope that it does get a bit better but it's definitely concerning people say I, I have this theory about myself right which is um so we were evolved from apes and things like that right and i'm not hairy at all so i feel like i'm just really evolved because i don't have any <laughs> hair on my body so that's just because i'm super evolved that's what i think so everyone else I love that. who's hairy out there just less evolved than me but, but it's interesting yeah. you say about the digital world right jules because um you know what everyone i suppose he knows and loves you for and over in the uk by the way i, I don't know about australia but over in the uk you are a star dude everyone just oh wow adores. thank you. you know, i think when people do reality shows and stuff like that and put themselves out there right i think that vulnerability is key um and a lot yep. of the time that people really appreciate that and when you're vulnerable you're also authentic and i think that you're incredibly authentic and you people can see your heart which is a really lovely thing to do and it's quite hard as an individual to give that over i did a reality show for 10 years so i really understand what it is like to do one um yeah but you were talking about sort of this digital age and stuff like that because you were one of those people who, you know, you did, you used the dating apps and you went down that route and you were doing all those different things. And then actually what happened was is that you went completely against the grain and you met someone that you had never spoken to, never met on an app, all these different things and you sort of have to meet this person. How come you think that you didn't have luck in these dating apps? Why did that happen? Do you know what? Like I... I was never short of a date. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, I just couldn't find anyone. You know, I, I had options. I had options, you know. Um, I had someone ask my parents to marry me. and But I really was holding out for that. You know, I, I did it in my wedding speech on mass. Like, Carrie Bradshaw, you know, I can't inconvenient, you know, addictive, can't live without you, love. And I always knew I wanted that. And then getting older in the back of my head, you have those little voices that go, maybe it's not going to happen for you. Maybe you're just yeah. going to be really successful at your job and you're not going to have a baby. And, and that scared me a little bit, but I always in my heart was like, nah, it's out there. I'm going to get it. I'm going to find it. So I just, yeah, I just never found the one, you know, the one that, and when I did, when I got married to Cam again, in my wedding speech, I said to my parents, because they were always like, you're so bloody fussy. What are you looking for? Mm. And then I was like, this was what I was waiting for. And they were like, yeah, we get it. You know, so um, I just think having, you know, and not, I guess, ever settling to go like, okay, you'll do clocks ticking. Let's just have a baby. Like I really, I wanted all that, but I also knew that I wanted a certain kind of love, you know? So, I mean, I, I stars aligned in all those horrible dates and terrible relationships, and I ended up with the best man in the world. So, yeah, but it's, it's, it's crazy. I, 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 yeah, I get that, but that is, that's tough, right? Because I think that we grow up watching these Disney films and all these different things, and it's like, okay, yeah. this is what we're meant to do. We're almost conditioned, right? We're meant to fall in love, and we're meant to meet this person, and we're meant to live happily ever after. But I agree with you. I think that... You know, I was chatting to a friend of mine yesterday about this, or actually on a podcast, and we were talking about love and different things like that. And she was saying, saying from a woman point of view, she's saying that firstly, as a woman, she feels like they're they're very much sort of um, they they sort of care and they want and they and they give out a lot of love a lot of the time, and they sort of nurture us in a sense. So they kind of pine for that um, sort of closeness and relationship. And and she said, yeah, a lot of the time people settle because they feel like mm. they have to get to this certain age. 
And it's, you know, there's so many things, right, Jules, which are interesting. It's like, you know, when we're having sex from a younger, use protection, use protection, use protection. And then suddenly it's like, no, now have a baby. It's like, wait, where is like oh, the you middle your ground? 20s, you spend your 20s not trying to get pregnant and you spend your 30s trying to get <laughs> Trying to get pregnant, right? And it's like... With the right person, that... though. <laughs> where is that middle ground? Where is that sudden yeah. moment where you're like, that's... No one teaches us that. No one's gi- yeah. we're given these like lessons in like maths and and no one kind of teaches about the stuff. But I, I I admire you because I think a lot men and women we do we go in life and we settle because we get to a certain age. And it feels like with you that you you really wanted that love as you said, but you were definitely not going to settle. But why? It's a hard question to answer. Why did you make that decision in your head that you're like I'm not, if I don't find it I don't find it. But this is what I'm after. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I really have the answer to that, but I think just quickly going back on what you were saying, mm. it is incredible how, you know, women nowadays were very much equal to men in many certain ways and which is great, you know, equality and all that. But there is that window where you're like, you know what, that's just shit. You know, like we, we, we do, you know, yeah. 40s and you 30, but unfortunately, like I'm 40 soon, like I still feel like I'm 20, you know, and yeah. we look younger and we feel younger, but unfortunately your insides aren't, you know, and that's the one thing as a woman that, you know, what if you could change one thing, it'd be like, you know, buddy, look at Mick Jagger having babies when he's, you know, hundreds. You, know, women, know. you get this window, like, God, that's really fucking shit of you. You did that to us, you know? And that's where that moment comes in where you do go, like, I never thought I was that woman. And then all of a sudden in my 30s, I was like, I feel like I want to love something more than me, you know, and, and, but most importantly, have a mini version of someone that you love. Did I always have a strong sense of self-worth? No, not at all. And I think that came from a lot of heartache and a lot of having a few hard times. And I think, yeah, I don't know really where that came yeah. from, but I never always wanted a certain kind of love. Yeah, but I think also with you, you know, which is which is both, you know, you're you're a businesswoman. You sort of you've you've worked hard and you've worked, you know, your whole life, and so you probably had a understanding of what you wanted, right? Because you 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 had worked and things like that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. You mentioned heartache. So, so you'd, you'd experienced heartache in your life. Absolutely. It's the worst feeling in the world, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, I've gone through that. And um, How do you deal with heartbreak? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I did. I did, but you know what? I had such a bad heartbreak that I ended up, I actually saw a life coach for a whole year. I ended up just making this one year about myself and everything I did was for me. Kilimanjaro, I did a marathon in Brighton. Like, I ran, I don't run. Hello. <laughs> like, I did right. that. I just, 
Are you serious? So you were literally like, right, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to challenge myself with all these different things. You just feel so defeated. And I just, I couldn't function. And even my life coach was like, you can't function right now. And I was just so like devastated by this heartbreak. And, um, and eventually, you know, I just put myself back together and came back better from it. So and I jumped out of a plane, like, yeah, it was a big year. <laughs> it was a big year. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. And I think that, um, it's funny because, you know, I definitely, when I was about 16 years old, I remember it so well, I experienced like really bad heartache. And I remember thinking that I never want to experience this ever again. And actually my sister actually went through lockdown, went through a terrible, and she's really bad at dealing with heartbreak. But when that happens, you almost put like this armor around your heart and around your soul. Yeah. And you kind of say, well, I just don't want to ever experience that again. So sometimes you don't really allow yourself to then go down that road because you don't want it to happen. And I feel like maybe that potentially happened with you where you felt such an intense heartbreak that you were just like, God, I just don't want to feel like that again. So you then defend yourself. Do you think that? Yeah, I think that, you know, spending that time just by myself again and and building myself up to be like, okay, I'm now strong to, as you say, because when you do get hurt that much, you do put a barrier around because you're like, I cannot let anyone into upset me again like that because it's just too painful. You're like, my heart can't actually take it. Handle it. You think it's going to pop. It's honestly, you think it's going to (laughs) pop. So, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought then I was laughing. Yeah, but it's true. Um, you're just saying you, you're saying you do, you, you have to build yourself back up into a place where you then can sort of love again and you go, okay, yeah. I'm fine now. And, and it's amazing that I think expressing that is interesting because you know what, and I'm, and I, you know, the, the, you've done lots of different interviews and podcast tours and, and I've, and I've watched you and admired you. And honestly, I said to you before, I'm completely fanboying right now over you because honestly, <laughs> you were just so great on that show. And to all you lovely listeners, if you haven't married at first sight is Australia. This, the show is season six. Um, it was. and, uh, you know, I'd heard about the show and all these different things. And I've chatted to a couple of your buddies or maybe one buddy who was on the show about it and things like that. And their experiences of it are far different to yours. And, people who don't know it's basically where you sign up to this reality show and your first episode is you meet the person that you're going to marry and it's an amazing moment because you walk down the aisle you're walking with your dad it's a wedding and cam who you'd never met before is at the end he's facing away from you he turns and you meet each other and your eyes connect for the first time and it's like holy shit this is the person I'm meant to be marrying. I have so many questions. The one question, obviously, you get asked all the time, but I just need to hear it from you. Why do you decide to do a show like that and put yourself out there? Such a, you put yourself into such a vulnerable situation. Um, because I went mean, to be when when that series six, series five was like it was pretty big in it was pretty big in Australia. Like it wasn't mm. like season mm. one, two, three, like it was on, but it wasn't like a huge explosion like it is now. Um, so to me, it wasn't like this huge big deal in my head. And I was like, it's just a really extreme date. Like I'm failing at dating and I was working so hard and I was running the, the blow dry bar in, in, in Sydney and I was dating an older man, actually. He was in his fifties. Um, and he just had it, like he just had it, like he was gorgeous and lovely, but obviously six months in and it worked for me because he had kids and, and I was working so hard that I didn't see him too much, but it was good when I, when I was free, yeah. free. and he, and then we got to that, you know, what holds for the future, you know, like I'm 35 years old, like, you know, he need to have that chat and he didn't want any more children. 
And it was a bit upsetting. And I could have been that person that was like, oh, am I so my girlfriends? Like, maybe he'll change his mind. I was like, you know what? He's actually been really admirable to say, you know what? I think you're amazing. We have we have the potential to really fall in love. But I'm just not. Like, I've done it. I want to be selfish again in my life. And I was like, you know what? And I knew it wasn't about me. And people go, oh, what if he, if he loved you enough? He would. And, and maybe, you know. But He's a good I just dude, like, man. He's a good dude. Yeah. yeah. He's a good dude. And I was like, you know what? Okay, and it, it hurt, but I didn't take it to heart to be like, you know what? No, I, 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 I he could have. Hello, he's dating a thirty-five-year-old. Life's good for him, right? He could have yeah, just me along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was dating you and being like, "This is wonderful. This is glorious." I like you know, but I mean, you know, no, it's, it's like, true yeah, though. Things, things are great. So you know, eventually, um, yeah, I was like, "That's okay." And then so this came about, and I was like, and I actually applied. Like I did a video. Like I didn't get scouted in a bar or anything. I actually did a video going. I am a catch. Sign me up. Like, I am ready. Wait. I looked around the whole world. I did. I did. I was such a wanker. I did watch it back. I was did you like, put oh the camera? God. Did you put the camera in front of you and go, how many takes did you do? Okay. Hi. You know I'm... what? One. I went liar. on the couch. Liar. I promise on my son's life, Jenny, I promise on my son's life. I woke up on the couch and the, the cutoff was midnight. And I woke up on the couch at 10 p.m. I looked like shit in this video, by the way. I'm going to show it to you if you want. And... I literally was like, you know what, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it. So I had two hours and I literally put it up on the, the fine mental piece and I just was like, you know what, I'm just ready to love someone more than me and I'm ready, I think I'll be a great wife and I'm a catch and I don't know where I've gone wrong. <laughs> and I was literally like, like so asleep. And then, yeah, so I just put myself out there and then I didn't go in there to change my life. I've always had a fantastic life, fabulous life, doing great things. I went on there to find love. Like I didn't go in there to go, oh, this is going to take me in a new career. I was happy. I just was like, where is he? I've gone around the whole world and I haven't found him. So mm. um, if I didn't like him, I just would have left. So there's honesty and I didn't think past my wedding day. I just was like, all the applications, what do I want in someone and what can I offer? That's all I, that's all I did and planned a wedding in six days and the rest is history. <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel, yeah, I think that's a good thing to be. I feel like you're this, you know, from what I've heard you say, you know, you climb Kilimanjaro, you do these marathons, you you go on the show, you run businesses, you went to the UK at 21, all these different things. I feel like you, you're you one of these people that just does things, you know, just driven 12 hours with your newborn, right? Doer. You know, like, doer, yeah, you're just yeah. a doer, right? And yeah. do you know what's so funny is that, that Woody Allen always says 50% of success is turning up. And I think what you do is you just turn up. You just go, I'll just turn up and think about it, which I'm very much like as well. And I think that's a really fun way to look at life. I think a lot of the time that people, and maybe I'm speaking for you, which is not right, but I think a lot of people overthink stuff, but you just think, yeah, it's just going to be a date. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. I'm just going to think this is a bit of fun. Saying the, the doing thing and turning up and getting things done and being really proactive, I have to say having a baby now, one thing that I've actually really had to find is acceptance. You know, like when you have a baby, <laughs> accepting that, you know what, the smallest things are going to take five hours. You know, it's such a change. And because I'm so proactive and I get stuff done, I get shit done. That's what I do, you know. And then when you've got this little baby and the only focus and energy and love you have is just on this little thing, you know, and you don't actually – and for me, like I remember one day Can came in and I was like feeding and I guess a little bit of, you know, so many hormones going on and I was just crying. I was like, I think I'll feed him, I'll put him down and then I'll get this done and I'll get that done. I just sit here and do nothing, you know, because I just, you don't have it in you, you know. So accepting that for me was the biggest change. And once I accepted that, you know, it just meant that, you know what, things can wait. Things can wait and they're going to get done. 
And it still, it made me feel like I wasn't failing. It made me feel like I was still achieving, but just at a slower pace. And that for me, yeah. becoming a mum was the biggest change that I had to go. And when I did, I was like, oh, and Cam was such a massive help for me with that because he knows what I'm like. So, um, and I just think it's chilled me out a little bit having a, having a baby, but I still get yeah. shit done there. <laughs> yeah, 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 just let everyone know. I still get shit done, people. Don't you worry about that. I still get shit done. It is, that, that's true though. I think that happens with a lot of people is that, um, especially if you've been, getting shit done, as we're saying, for like the most of your life. And then you get to a stage exactly where you have a kid and have to look after it. That sudden change is hectic. Cause, and, and you do, and you're, you, you can't, you have to breast. I didn't realize, my friends just had a baby. I didn't realize you have to breastfeed. It takes like an hour or something like that. And you have to do it like 3 a.m. in the morning. I thought it was just like a quick, like five minute thing. It takes like an hour to do, doesn't it? Like, this is what I've heard. Does it not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, I stopped actually, but you literally, you're in the moment. So it is a nice way to, to connect with your child. But also, so just, you know, you, you walk down the aisle, it's your wedding day, you've planned it in six days, you're doing this TV show. You know, the great thing about you, as I said, is you show your vulnerability. You're walking down the aisle and you're basically going, shit, this is intense. Oh, God. Like you're going, and you, and you have this a moment where you and Cam look at each other. And I think, you know, you said in interviews, if you guys were in a nightclub together, you probably wouldn't have looked at each other or things I, like that. <laughs> No, I mean, not that terrible, but like, yeah, no, and it's same, same here. Like, yeah, and it was a, a really being open to that, being open to like, you know, what I ordered, you know, vice versa, but being open to the opportunity of love. And for me, it was the biggest. Not that I've ever been superficial, but swiping in that, it'd always be like, oh, that looks nice. But you had, so you you probably wouldn't have looked at, but then you had this um, moment with each other. And what is so amazing is that you say it in, in the, when you say, oh, he, he smiled and I knew he was kind. And you said he, he was kind. And kindness goes a long way. I think kindness does. But for, from an audience point of view, it feels like you, that is, that is, I don't know if I believe in love at first sight, right? I don't know if I, I have I ever seen, I've done infatuation, right? Where I fancied someone straight away and gone, oh my God. Oh, it's, vibe, it's vibe at first sight, but I didn't, it wasn't love, no. But to like, the I don't audience, know if I do either. But to the audience, yeah. it was like, holy smokes, these guys have this connection. What? Babe, it, it felt like a real wedding by the end of the day. I'm like, oh, I said, that's why they messed the music up. Because they're like, this has gone way too well. Let's do something. Let's just let's ruin the music for them. <laughs> it really did. Like, it was beautiful. Like, Cam actually says that he considers that our anniversary date more than our wedding, like our actual wedding. Like where we signed the piece of paper. That is yeah. so cool. That is like it's crazy. That, I had I I have a, one of my best friends in the world. She's called Georgie. She's just incredible. Her parents have been married. I um I mean they've been married thirty odd years, right? And their dad is very cool. I'm, I'm close to their family. Um, the parents met and they had been in relationships before and stuff like that. But they met and their dad three weeks later after meeting said asked her to marry her. Uh, marry him and their parents said you're stupid you're wrong all of the friends said no you're wrong and he said he just it was just right and it for some reason it worked did they know they loved each other they didn't know but he there was something there and he's like this just it just feels like right and he did it and they'd be married for 30 odd years and I think sometimes love they, stories like that I love stories like that right that's just mm. I, that, and you and I crave that because I think I think just because we're probably such romantics and have that sort of heart we're like that is just amazing but I feel like with you and Cam that was it. I, I honestly feel like Cam saw you and was like, I love this person. And I think it feels like you took more time than him, but perhaps I'm wrong. Did you think he fell in love with you first or was it mutual? 
No, I think we really climbed at the same time with each other. Really? But same with him. He's done a lot of work on himself as well. Like we yeah. were ready. You know, we were really ready to meet that person and we were open. We were both open and our, our history is kind of a little bit the same of just we have gone through a lot of the same things and we were both at the, at the point where we're like, we really like who we are, we're good people, we deserve this and we're going to just be open and choose love, you know? Not that I was saying, like, if he was crap, I wouldn't have, but, you know I mean, like, just being an open heart, yeah. I mean, and I think about, so the maths this year has just finished. They had this task, which you guys will see when it comes to England yeah. in about two years' time, that they had all the other all the other couples, sorry, all the other safe, you had to look at the men and you had to line up the men on who you thought was the most attractive. I know. Like some couples didn't come back from it and obviously people were honest with it. And it was interesting because all of, all the women did it by, you know, as in what aura the man has and how. Yeah, he, yeah. What colour are they? Me. They're like a purple to me. <laughs> well, no, like as in, as in like when, how, like one of them, when I speak to him, it's like I'm, you know, he speaks really well to me. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. Vibe. The men were all literally like, oh, who would I bang? You know, like that's how it was. <laughs> and me and Cam were sitting on the couch watching it going like, what would we have done if, like, what would I have done in that moment? Like, I probably would have said, I'm not doing this because I thought it was a bit gross. But if I couldn't have been matched, what I'm saying is I couldn't have been matched with any of that, those nine other men. Like, it just wouldn't have been me. Yeah. So what I'm right. saying is I wasn't just like, oh, tick, you'll do. But I, we were both open to open to the experiment, I guess. And yeah. Going with it. But, that, but this is the other thing, right, and you'll probably agree with me. Um, you know, the show is now a hit, right? You guys are the rock stars of it. And the problem is, is now what's going to happen is it, then because it's such a hit, people are going to try, people go into the experience, not like yourself, which are just like, I, I really want to enjoy this experience. They're doing it for, because it's now a job because they know they can get things out of it and they know there's different things and it's not just about love. It's more about what can this provide for me rather than just yeah. finding that. And, and that's, I, I think, mean, the problem that happens. There are others, right? Yeah, but that's producers picking those people. Like with this series that just finished now, you, there were some genuine people in there who went in there for the right reasons. Really? Like, absolutely. They really, really did. And if anyone here is listening who's going to apply for maths in the UK, my one word of advice why I think our series did so well is because we respected the madness of the show. And what I mean by that is when situations happen, it was on camera. The last two series has been a guessing game of he said, she said, like the gym is where it all happens. Like put a camera in the gym for God's sake, yeah. because all this gossip and meeting up off camera and things happen. And as a viewer, you're like, I don't know the storyline. Like on series six, you know, you saw Jess doing a thing. You saw Innes, like everything happened because you respect the show. And as a viewer, you're not confused. And I think that's where, and so what I'm saying, if you go on it, just do do what they say because it makes a great show and it is a great yeah. show, you know, and I think it's you learn a lot of lessons in life by watching as much as it reality and people think it's a dumpster or whatever. There's so many lessons that you watch that and you go, okay, that's wrong behaviour, that's right behaviour. And also, you know, like look at Ines. I know you interviewed Ines. I love Ines. She's a Yeah, I interviewed person. her. She's great. Yeah, and she's accountable for everything she did. And you know what? 50% of the population have probably done a little bit of what she's done, but unfortunately she did it on camera and for the world to judge her, you know? And I think, and that's the thing, it's a very educational thing to be like for young, because kids watch it, like young kids like come up to us, like, you know, and, and go, hi, and we're like, how do you even know us, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think it is, it's a real broad spectrum of, you know, and I think the core of it is, it's, it's love, isn't it? You know, and people yeah. love love, so. 
But Inez is, a, is an interesting one because actually, I, I actually said this to her when I chatted to her. I was like, no, I fully respect you because she, um, she was loyal. She held to her guns. You know, person, you know, she, she wouldn't say the truth because she was told not to, and, but she did it on camera, right? And, and all these different things. And you're so right about TV shows is exactly that. People want to receive all the rewards of doing a show, but they don't want to look bad if in certain occasions. And what you have to do if you do a reality show like that is you have to have the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it has to all be on camera. And if it isn't, it then doesn't quite work. Uh, listen, Jules, uh, we're going to end that for part one, but you're going to stick around for part two? Absolutely. I should <laughs> oh, take my wine out. Oh, top <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 